Welcome to this week's podcast from the Equipping Center. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Jacob Biswell. Hallelujah. Second Kings chapter 2. Hey, Shabarakatabrangorabose. I can feel the anointing. And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, Yes, I I, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please. For the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And so he answered, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jordan. But as he said, As the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on and 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah, he took his mantle, he rolled it up and he struck the water and it was divided this way and that and so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And so it was when they crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask! What may I do for you before I'm taken away from you? And Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, you've asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, so it shall be for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened. Say, then it happened. As they continued on and talked, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes. And he tore them into two pieces. And he took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him. And went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah. And he struck the water and said, Where is the Lord? God of Elijah. And when he also had struck the water, it was divided this way and that. And Elisha crossed over. Say crossed over. Spirit of the living God, we thank you 
for your presence this morning. I'm aware, Holy Ghost, that you are in the room. And when you're in the room, miracles happen. When you're in the room, we have access to the glory of God. And I pray this morning that that glory would rest on your people. That there would be a token, an evidence of your hand this morning. I pray this morning that your glory would invade our lives and we might access something fresh and something new this morning. I pray that your anointing, I don't even need to pray it, it's here. The anointing that makes preaching easy. God, we acknowledge you this morning. I recognize my dependence on you. Hallelujah. Amen. The question that I want to preach from this morning is where is the Lord God of Elijah? Perhaps one of the most dramatic moments of the Old Testament has just taken place. Elisha, the student and the son of Elijah, takes the mantle of Elijah and performs the same miracle he had just seen Elijah perform. It is one of those riveting moments. And the question that I'm sure was being asked, had God left with Elijah? Here was Elijah who had walked with God, who had performed miracles, had, had the season of miracles now passed on. Was it, was it over? Were they now going to be left to live like they had before Elijah had come? You need to remember, we've been talking about Elijah for weeks. We had Pastor Mark with us last week. There was a mantle in the room last week for miracles. And we'd been talking about Elijah and Elijah had been performing miracles. We read through some of the miracles. And, and when we come to, to 1 Kings 17, we realize that Elijah just shows up. We don't know from whence he came. We don't know his beginnings. We know that he just showed up on the scene. And, and here we have this dramatic moment where Elijah is taken. And here's Elisha who had, who had served the man of God for 13 years. For 13 years, come here, Susanna. For 13 years, this is what Elisha had done. Put your hands out. Elijah would perform a miracle, and Elisha would come and wash the hands of the prophet. And they'd come to another city, and he'd wash the hands. And this is what Elisha did for 13 years for the man of God, never having his own mantle. Never having his own ministry. Never having an identity. He was just the servant. For 13 years, he'd pour, hand, pour water on the hands of, of the prophet. And, and I'm sure Elisha at this moment, here's the man he had served for 13 years. Here's the man who was trying to convince Elisha to stay with those prophets. I'm leaving. I'm done. God's drawing me away. Just hang out with some other people. I don't want you left alone. Just, just stay there. And Elisha had his eye on something. There was a mantle he had his eye on. And, and, and he was following him. And can you imagine what was happening inside of Elisha when this mantle 
that had fallen. He wasn't looking at the mantle. He was, he was watching Elijah be taken up. He was watching the man he had served. I've got my eye on him. I want double what he's got. I want what that man, I have not poured water on his hands for 13 years to just be left without nothing. Will it work? Elisha understood something when he, when he picked up that mantle. When he picked up what represented the anointing. There was nothing special in that cloth. Be foolish to think there was something special in it. It's what it represented. He, he fully recognized that the power rested in the same God that Elijah served. The same God he was also serving. However, he did understand the power of the anointing that is transferred from one believer to another, a principle that still applies today where the anointing can be imparted to others. But the issue at hand is, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Where is He? What was He referring to? What was He asking in that moment? He was referencing back to a God who had performed miracles through Elijah. He was referencing the God where drought had been brought on the land and the nation had suffered. Where fire was called down upon an altar supernaturally. Where a boy was raised from the dead. Where a widow had been supernaturally provided for in her time of need. Where personal visitations of God were experienced by a man. Where is the God of Elijah? And I suppose in our generation... At this moment in history where the world is concerned about vaccines, where the church is fighting about who should be president, where the church is fighting over prophetic words, the world is asking, where is the God of Elijah? Where is the God of the New Testament church? Where is the God of the saints of old? Where is He? Are we any different in our time and our generation from those who have gone before us. And for me, I want to tell you this morning, the answer rings true and is clear. I am serving the same God as Elijah, as Elisha, as those New Testament believers in the book of Acts, as the many saints of God who have gone on before me. I am serving the God that I serve as the same miracle-working, life-giving God that wants to bring life to dead things. That wants to release miracles. And I want to tell you today, there is an attack on the mind of the church to convince you that the day of miracles is over. But I've come to tell somebody this morning, the day of miracles has just begun. The day of miracles has just begun come to tell you this morning that I don't care what those theologians with their degrees, I've got the degrees, they hang on my wall. I don't care what those degrees say. This isn't a time of dispensationalism. The Jesus that I serve is the same yesterday. He's the same today and he'll still work miracles tomorrow. For years they've tried to say, oh, the day of miracles is over. The issue is that they believe that the book of Acts was the capstone of Christianity and all we need now is the book. 
Listen, this is what I stand on. This is what tells me that miracles still happen today. Paul declared, I didn't come with eloquent speech, but I came with demonstrations of power. I'm telling you, the world isn't going to get saved because you can preach this well. They aren't going to get saved because you can give them Romans Road all day long and the five points of Calvinism and, and tell them all the theology that you've memorized. They're going to get saved because they come into an encounter with the God that you say you serve. But here's the issue. I can tell you what the issue is. Some of you have not had that encounter. Some of you have been living off the bread of someone else's encounter. Some of you have been listening to the stories, but you've not experienced it. And I want to tell you this morning that God is the God of encounter. He is the same God who visited Elijah. He's the same God who rested on Elisha. He's the same God that showed up in that upper room where 120 disciples waited on the Holy Spirit because Jesus had said, when you wait upon me, you shall receive power. He's the same God. I don't care what theology has been preached. Theology may have changed, but my God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And He could care less what theologians say. God is just wanting to work a miracle in a hurting heart. He didn't send Jesus to die a bloody and gruesome death on a cross to bleed out in front of humanity so that we could just preach good theology. Elisha picks up the mantle. Now Elijah rolled it up. doesn't say that Elisha rolled it up. He just picked it up. And he strikes that river. And the river goes this way and that way. And he performs the same miracle. But there are principles I want you to get this morning. As we access what it means, I'm going to be preaching for the next several weeks on what it means to be a son what it means to serve as a son. We can be slaves. You can, you can take the idea that you need to serve in church because that's what you're obligated to do. You can take that idea and people will operate from that and things get done that way. But we're more effective when we understand who we are as sons. Now that word isn't gender specific, so don't get offended if I don't say daughters. To be a son means to have an identity as a child of God. So what were the principles that Elisha operated from? The first thing that he did is he exposed himself to miracles. Thirteen years. Thirteen years. Thirteen years. Some of you can't wait three weeks before you decide it isn't the church for you. They want too much from me. Some people in our culture, if it doesn't have the perfect children's ministry, the perfect youth ministry, the perfect worship, oh, I can't serve there. Truth is, you won't serve there and you won't serve at the next church either. Because you don't really want to be used. You just want to be fed. Listen, sheep aren't locked up all day because if they were, they'd grow too fat to walk. They're let out into the pasture, but they know where they can get fed. And they always return to the place where they get fed. 
but they serve a purpose. That's not even for this morning. That's next week. Under the influence of Elijah meant that he had constant exposure to the miraculous. And we must do the same. I, I love reading about miracles. I love watching miracles. I love pulling up some of the old videos of A.A. A. Allen and, and Brother Shambach and, and uh, you know, some of the, the greats, Jack Coe, and watching as God performed miracles. I've, I've seen personally 37 people raised from the dead. Laid hands and seen 37 people raised from the dead. I've seen arms grow back where there weren't arms. I saw a glass eye where it was a glass eye turned into an eye of flesh. I've watched these things happen with my own eyes. And I'm telling you, it's not just about me. You should see the same things happening. Where is the God of Elijah? Where is He? Elisha picks up the mantle. Because he'd exposed himself to miracles. I've discovered that there is a specific attack from the enemy in this hour to convince you miracles aren't for you to do. Therefore, the big names, therefore, the guy behind the pulpit. If there was ever a lie that the enemy is using in this hour, it's that. You have to be special, you just have to be surrendered. And as we get under the miraculous, the faith is once again quickened. Expectancy is again renewed. You should be seeing miracles around you. The second thing that he did is he took that mantle and he used it. Pastor Mark released a mantle last week. Mantle of miracles. There's a mantle of miracles on this house. Love Pastor Mark, and this is no, no, no word against him. We already had a mantle of miracles in this house. He came and added to it. He came and added to what's on the house. But here's the deal. What are you going to do with it? Are you just going to wait for another person to come through and have a miracle service? Or are you going to walk in miracles? Are you going to start laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover? Are you going to start seeing sight recovered because you laid hands on some? Are you going to start seeing demons coming out because you're laying hands on them and you're casting them out? Some of you are so afraid of demons. Get over it. They're defeated at the cross. Some of you need to start laying hands on yourself and say, come out! He took the mantle and he used it. I have to do self-deliverance sometimes several times in a week after dealing with church people. I'm getting feisty this morning. This isn't good. Put your pastor hat back on, Jacob. Love people. Yes, I love people. Sometimes I want to love the hell out of them. Give them the fivefold. Oh, this is dangerous. Okay. What is the mantle? It's something we receive. It's something we receive from and flow with. When a mantle comes in the room, you receive from it, but then you flow with it. So when someone like Pastor Mark comes in who had a, tra- a dramatic, not traumatic, well, it was traumatic. It was a traumatic miracle. When that type of operation comes in, it doesn't matter what you see. You, you need to get that this morning. Elisha had already seen what he wanted. Before he ever saw it. 
You need to begin to see. Years ago, the Lord spoke to me and said, if you see the invisible, you can do the impossible. There are miracles you've yet to see, but if you'll see them, if you'll catch sight of them, you'll begin to do them. Whenever I stand before someone, I don't look at their condition. I can't. Because that picture becomes too big in my mind. I begin to set my sight on what they look like healed. When I pray for someone who's barren, I begin to see the baby in their womb. When I begin to pray for someone with cancer, I begin to see the cancer shrivel up and die. Because I begin to see what God's doing. Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. You've got to stop seeing what's happening around you and start seeing what the Father's doing. Elijah said something so important. If you see me when I go, you'll have what you ask for. You've got to start seeing what heaven's doing and start moving in that direction. Listen, chariots of fire, horses of fire, whirlwinds. I, I would have gotten distracted. If you got ADD like I do, squirrel, <laughs> chariots of fire, horses of fire, whirlwinds. Whoa! Now he had his eye. He saw Elijah. He saw it. He wasn't looking at the mantle flying. He didn't have his eye on the mantle. You need to understand that principle this morning. The mantle wasn't to be seen. It was meant to be used. I think sometimes we get so focused on the gifts of someone. Oh, look at their anointing. Look at their mantle. It wasn't about them. What was Elijah saying to Elisha in that moment? If you see me. What did Jesus say when he said to the disciples? If you see me, you've seen the Father. What did Elijah do three times on his way? He said, just stay here. Just stay here. Just stay here. What did Jesus say to Peter? If you love me. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? God will test our faithfulness by causing distractions to be allowed in our lives. Oh, this group of prophets at Jericho, they look real good. This group of prophets at Bethel, they look real good. That church with the loud music over on the other side of town that sounds like a rock concert every Sunday, that looks real good. The place where I can hide and not walk in the gifts. The place I can slip in 15 minutes late and leave 10 minutes early because they'll never know I'm there. It, listen, it's awkward for me to come to a small church, but it won't be small for long. Something has shifted in the realm of the Spirit. If you haven't caught it yet, you need to catch it. There's going to come a day. Shelly prophesied it yesterday in prayer meeting. She began to prophesy. Angela began to prophesy it in the prayer meeting yesterday. There's coming a day. What's the plan? How are you going to get a seat? Pastor Mark prophesied it. He said, there's coming a day. Two services. Two services in this building. Then you'll get the building. Tudor Bismarck prophesied in 2017. He said, there's coming a day. You'll drive by the building every day. And you won't get it by faith, or by money. You'll get it by faith. I'm not going to tell you where it is, but there's a building I've been driving by every day. I didn't even realize I was driving by it every day. And it's set empty for six years. And I know that's where God's calling us. But the first step is, is two services here. But what are you going to do when it happens? Oh, it's getting too crowded. Oh, I can't get a seat. 
Listen, there's something happening. There's something shifting. There's a mantle that's been released over the house. Are you going to pick it up? Are you going to run with it? Are you going to walk in it? You've got ministries in you. You've got things you're called to. So he picked it up and he used it. But here's the deal. Elijah had a mantle, but Elisha had to make it his own. He couldn't identify as, I've got Elijah's mantle. No. He picked it up. He began to use it. Remember some years ago, heard a story of a pastor. He had served under a great man of God. And flowed in miracles and anointing was great and it was powerful. And then there came the day where this pastor took over the church. All of a sudden, the miracles stopped. The anointing stopped. He's like, what happened? I'm not doing anything different. He hadn't made the mantle his own. See, it could be real easy to be like, well, Pastor Jacob, he's the one that does the miracles. And I just flow under it. You got to make the mantle your own. You got to pick it up and use it yourself. He didn't say, those who are prophets, apostles, pastors, and teachers shall see miracles. What did he say? Those who believe. Believing isn't just thinking something's true. Believing, when you believe something, you act upon it. When you believe your football team's going to win, you throw on all the garb, you set out the wings, you do everything, you have the big party because you believe they're going to win. You act like it. Some of you need to start acting like Jesus already won. Because some of you act like the devil's won and and you're just going to have a bad day every day and you're looking for your tail like Eeyore. Well, miracle hasn't happened yet. I'll just keep believing. You aren't believing. That's not believing. When you believe something, it means I am convinced. Listen, I'm convinced the church is going to grow with or without you. With or without me. Because God has a destiny for the equipping church that has nothing to do with Jacob Biswell. Has everything to do with the destiny God has set for this place. Now, has He called me to lead it? You better believe it. If you don't like me, that's okay. Take it up with Jesus. I might be the cross you have to bear. But what I want to say to you is stop spectating and start participating. Start serving. You might feel a call to preach, serve in the sound booth. You might feel a call to prophesy, start helping clean the church. You might feel like that you have the greatest ministry God has ever given man. You might. You'll never know if you don't start serving. Elisha served 13 years. Listen, I don't have 13 years for y'all to serve. I'll put you into practice a whole lot quicker than that. Because it's not about me. We're in New Testament ministry, okay? <clears throat> I don't need someone to wash my... Well, I guess you do spray my hands with sanitizer. Hallelujah. <laughs> if you feel called to ministry, serve. If you feel called to marketplace ministry, serve. Just serve. Use the mantle. There's a great mantle on this house. It's not because of me, y'all. Let me make that clear. Yes, I sacrifice. Yes, I spend hours in intercession. But you need to as well. I need your help. As your pastor, I'm saying to you, I need your help. 
Now, Pastor Mark put it a whole lot more bluntly than I will. He said, Pastor Anna shouldn't be serving in the back. She should be able to be part of this. Those are his words, not mine. There's the pastor smile. Okay. Start serving. Start using the mantle. That's what Elisha did. He picked it up, and then he kept flowing in miracles. See, some of you feel dry because you just stopped believing. Well, I don't know if the miracle's ever going to come. Go through next steps. Go through next steps. That's next Sunday. We feed you. And you don't even have to bring anything. Today you had to bring something. Next week you don't. Go through next steps. Find out what it means to be part of the equipping church. And then start doing something. I'll put you to work. I got plenty of things I need y'all to do. But here's what I know. I served my pastors for years. And I, I had a ministry. I had a call as a prophet. They didn't care. They said, we need you to serve in children's ministry. We need you to serve on the worship team. We need you to help clean the church. I did the yard at the church for months because they needed weeds pulled. And there came a day where they released me. And I'm still friends with those pastors today. Love them dearly. But what happens if Elisha, if we go back to the beginning of Elisha's story, he's plowing a field. He's just working the family farm. What does Elijah do? The same mantle he was going to pick up, he threw on him. You're welcome, Shadow. He just throws it on him. And Elijah keeps walking. He doesn't stop and say, Elisha, will you please come serve my ministry? I really need you to wash my hands every day. I, I'm begging you, will you just leave the ox and me? No, he just throws the opportunity his way. Just keeps walking. And Elisha is like, wait, 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 wait. Let me go. Let me go. Elijah's like, I'm not waiting for you. I have a mission. This is what I'm saying this morning, church. Catch the mantle. I'm throwing it your way. We've got a place to go. We've got things to do. Are you going to pick it up or are you just going to let it fall on the ground? Are you going to let your destiny? It's not about my destiny. That moment when Elijah threw the mantle to Elisha was a precursor of the day that Elijah would be caught up and that mantle would fall on the ground again. And it would be up to Elisha to pick it up. And the question the Lord's asking the equipping church this morning, will you pick it up? Will you pick it up? One of the most powerful ways of encouraging the miraculous in our lives is to flow in the Spirit. To do it. Listen, I love praying for people. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to pray for people every Sunday up here at the end of service. I need a team to pray for people. I need to train people how to cast out demons. I want to do that. Go through next steps. Let's get you trained. Let's get you praying for people so that I can greet people, say hello to people, so I can get to know you. We need people to help Pastor Susanna greet people, welcome people. You know, one of the things that I love, this, this compliment that we've received so many times, I feel so loved here. I just feel like, be part of that team to make people feel loved. That same love you received when you walk in, give it to somebody else. Serve. The fourth thing is that he tried new things in prayer and ministry. Elisha had to have firsts all the time. 
The first time believing the waters of Jordan depart. Okay, where is the God of Elijah? Let's see if this really works. Let's see if all my years of serving have paid off. He strikes it and the water moves this way and that. Because the God of Elijah was with, the, was with Elisha. There's a first time for everything. But the adventure of entering into the miraculous is about simply doing it. There's two principles. Boldness and blind faith. Some of you have got your eyes on what hasn't happened. That you keep, keep missing what God is going to do. So the final question I have for you this morning is how do we get started in moving into the miraculous? And the answer is this. In your own prayer time, I want you to begin to pray into situations you know need a miraculous intervention of God. And with that prayer will often come faith and strategy. So I often, in my own prayer time, praying into, just as an example, Pastor Susanna's job. Two years we contended for that job. Two years. And I heard the Lord say it at the beginning. The job's hers. Okay, God, hasn't happened yet. Hasn't happened yet. Actually, God, they turned her down. <laughs> they said no, twice. But God, you said, this is the miracle we're believing for. This is the miracle. What is the strategy? How do I pray? And Lord, begin to give me strategy to pray. I didn't even share it all with them. I just began to have strategy. God, let there be a spotlight on her work. Not on her, but on her work. That's one of the things the Lord had me pray for months. Lord, let there be a spotlight on her work. I believe that's one of the reasons you got the job is because they saw the excellence of her work. Because I got strategy from heaven. That's how miracles happen. Strategy. When Elijah laid out on the boy, breathed life into him, it wasn't because he thought, well, this is awkward. I'm just going to lay on the boy. He saw what the father was doing. He had strategy from heaven. He was stretching out. If you know a friend who needs a miracle in their life, they ask you for prayer. Don't just give them your answer. Get into God. God, what is the strategy for this person's miracle? And God ideas begin to come. I want to say this because this is the number one key to miracles. Prayer is the gateway to the miraculous. If you don't pray, start praying. Well, I don't know how to pray. Y'all know how to talk. That's all prayer is with me and Jesus. I just talk. Sometimes he tells me to shut up and listen. Sometimes I just shut up and listen and don't talk. There's been many times I come into this sanctuary and I sit right here. This is where I sit when I pray. Saturday nights, every Saturday night I sit right here. And I look at all these chairs and say, God, what are you saying to these people? And I just sit and I wait. Now, oftentimes on Wednesday, I already have a message prepared because I study to show myself approved. But I sit here and I wait. God, what do you want to do tomorrow? I don't want to assume I know what you want to do. I want your strategy. And I sit here and I weep. And I wait. And I cry. And I believe. 
And then there comes a moment where I got to get up. It's normally about 12.45 in the morning. I get up. I go home and I go to bed. And then I get up in the morning, oftentimes alone in this sanctuary. If I'm alone, I do this. If I'm not alone, I do it in my office. I'll sit and I'll wait again. Okay, God, I know what you spoke to me last night. What do you want to do this morning? And I wait. Oftentimes, it's what he spoke the night before. Every now and then, there'll be a little bit of change. But then I do it. Wouldn't be enough for me just to sit and wait. God, what do you want to do? And then all of you show up and I go, hey, God's going to do something. I don't know what, but good luck. I stand up. And in faith, I stand right here. And I know that he's going to do something in your lives. But here's my challenge to you this morning. What are you waiting for the Lord to do? And how are you going to see him do it? My challenge to you is pick up the mantle. Start operating in the miraculous. Start serving. Amber's been back there for I don't know how long. Greg's been back there for how long? Take their place. You know, there's people watching that receive miracles. That ministry back there is just as important as this ministry up here. Start serving. We don't believe in a junior Holy Spirit. We believe for our kids to be encountered just as much as you're encountered. Start serving. Some of y'all don't know how to park. We need people to help people park. Start serving. Parking ministry is miraculous. Because here's the deal. When 100 people are sitting in these seats, the way y'all park, we won't be able to fit them. Some of y'all taking up three parking spots on a Sunday morning. God bless you. I know I'm joking this morning, sort of. But seriously, all of this is important. Because you've received miracles. Don't you want others to receive receive their miracles? Let's work together to do that. Let's pick up the mantle. And let's serve Jesus by serving others. Will you stand this morning? We're going to have baptisms. Hallelujah. Dunk some people. A couple of you might need to be held under longer. Especially those who don't know how to park. Oh, I feel fasty this morning. It's good. If you want to get baptized this morning, you didn't sign up, that's okay. Let's dunk you. Let's get you washed up. Jesus, we love you. Oh, we love you. What a joy to serve your kingdom. And God, I pray this morning we'd pick up the mantle. We'd serve uninhibited to see miracles. Oh, Jesus. My goodness. If you've never made a decision for Christ, you've never chosen to follow him. Ephesians chapter 2 says he's rich in mercy.
If that's you this morning, you've never made a decision for Christ. Pastor Mark challenged me last week. I'm not going to ask you to bow your head or close your eyes. If you've never made a decision for Christ, I want you to slip up your hand. Maybe you've made a decision for Christ. You're saying, oh, but I'm far from Him right now in my life. And I want to renew that commitment. If that's you this morning, I want you to slip up your hand. We're going to pray together. If you're watching online and that applies to you. Even if you don't raise your hand this morning, we're all going to pray that together. Let's pray. Jesus, I repent of my sin, of everything that's kept me distant from you. Today, I want to be a new creation. I want to follow you fully. I surrender to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram or Facebook or visit www.equippingcenter.us.